When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. excitement um hey i hope i hope everybody can hear me right now too i'm just realizing i I just set up my microphone as i made a mad scramble from my television uh over to my office but uh yeah if if you just see a guy talking to himself just go ahead throw up in the comments be like hey asshole (laughs) your fucking mic's not on um holy shit that was fun um yeah let's uh let's get excited i mean what, what else are we going to do with uh, with these preseason games? But um, yeah, let's uh, let's jump in. Let's back up. Let's do the intro. Um, everybody, uh, let's uh, what do we call this? Let's call this episode 85. Welcome to episode 85, season two of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about this preseason game. I, I again. I'm, I'm going to be a little too excited, right? I'm going to be more excited than I, I definitely should be right now. So um, I I, th- I think it's it's just one of those things where recording these episodes right after wins is just going to make this look like the most fun show in the world. And then, you know, coming off what will most assuredly be the normal routine uh, where we're hurt and, and down and beaten uh th- those will be sad depressing episodes so why, why don't we enjoy this uh we enjoy this right now while we've got it uh good to see uh tristan what's up my man i saw you were in the comments uh predicting overtime wins before this before this stream even got started um so yeah let's tristan you you get to go first here great game standouts for me were stevens lindstrom Osterley, Rasmussen, or is it, uh, should we go by the Chicago Blackhawks announcer, uh, Res, Rasmussen? Um, I, I, I was so worried that he was saying his name, like Rasmussen was having such a good game, and I had to listen to that Chicago Blackhawks announcer get his name wrong so many times that I was going to learn the wrong way to say it. Uh, and Pickard, hell yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> fucking brick wall after Grice came out uh pickard's gonna end this game Let, let's let's do pickard first because um we'll, we'll work we'll work our way to uh to some some of our uh our i don't know I, the, the standouts in a preseason game right bobby ryan adam ernie those were fun numbers but but pickard's actually gonna end this game and i i could probably get the updated number here but especially after that overtime uh this goal saved above expected is probably gonna sniff uh, 2.00. And considering Grice came out of the game with like a negative, oh yeah, here, here it is. Uh, fi- final numbers coming from Evolving Hockey, 2.27 for Calvin Pickard. Uh, goals saved above uh, expected. And then Grice is going to end the game with negative uh, 1.72. Lincoln in negative uh, 0.59. So I, I only bring those numbers up and, and clearly we got to pull back when we're talking about goals saved above expected, because that's, that's a season long number where you make the real difference. It's where you can really see goalies stand out, but that's just to show you, you know, what we saw between the three goalies that played today, um, how much better Pickard was. And I mean, the easy number is no goals against, right. Uh, but that, that just goes to show you, like, I mean, Pickard's still playing, uh, he's still playing behind, 
the same defense, right? So, I mean, I guess that's where that stat to me is a little bit more important and, and how it stands out. But but there were the the mistakes by Alex Cotton that I'll talk about in a second here that seemed to get cleaned up. And, um, you know, on, on the side of things where we're talking about, uh, you know, the officiating I thought was, was terrible in this game. Uh, and Pickard was the one who had to hold the fort down after two terrible penalties and, uh, and we came out of it clean. So high marks uh, for Pickard, but uh, through the, I don't know what period and a half he got, but that overtime, holy shit balls. <laughs> was that a performance? And I don't want to let the comments get away from me here, but I mean, Pickard isn't really going to be fighting for like one of the roles on, on the, for the Red Wings, but I, I didn't, I didn't come away from what we, we had seen through training camp and was like super excited for Pickard, but this, this is a performance where, you know, I think we were, we're all kind of penciling in a date or looking for a game or a weekend that's going to work. Like, let's go to Grand Rapids get wasted at a couple of breweries and, and catch a Griffins game. Now you don't have to worry about which goalie is going to be starting after watching the Chicago Blackhawks game. Cause clearly Pickard <laughs> came to play um, and, and he'll be coming to play this year. But yeah, I, if I had to pick my, my MVPs or my three stars, um, I'm going, I'm going, my third star is going to be Pickard. Um, the second star is Adam Ernie. Uh, how, how fantastic uh, is, is it to see Adam Ernie, who, I, I mean, I, I could call out a couple of names, but they called themselves out today on Twitter. So I'll, I'll let them just be, but, um, people, and you know what? I, I did it too. I actually mentioned in my last, uh, my last recording, I said, um, you know, the five questions we want answered. Um, and we talked about Griffin's stealing spots from Detroit Red Wings. And I put Adam fucking Ernie on that list. And I feel like a fucking moron because he played great tonight. Um, and clearly, you know, like the competition level, we always have to take a step back. It's, it's, it, it, it lowers itself, even the motivation to, you know, really kick it up a notch. Um, you know, once you get in the regular season games, God forbid a playoff game, that's not there. It's not even sniffing it, but, um, but I always play that game. You could, you could also play like dog shit. You, you could not have the two points that Adam Ernie's going to walk away with. So there it is right there. So he, he did perform well enough to get those two assists. And again, I'm, I'm putting them as my second star and first star just for funsies. Um, it, it has to be Bobby Ryan, I think, for everybody because we're all watching this professional tryout. And you've all got your fingers crossed. I have my fingers crossed. I, I, still, I still keep coming back to Steve Eiserman's words about this upcoming season is about minutes for the kids. And I can't imagine that the very next transaction, I, after this game, it's different. But before this game, I just couldn't imagine that the next transaction or acquisition we were going to make would be Bobby Ryan. After Steve Eiserman said that, this is just showing me that Bobby wants it so bad. And when you do these professional tryouts, it doesn't necessarily mean you're landing with that team that's giving you that tryout. I, I, I just think after this. If you're worried about Bobby landing a job, you will. I think now it's just, are, are the Red Wings going to give a roster spot to Bobby when there's other guys that we could be giving a shot to? And I, I don't know if the game is always who plays the best in the preseason. You know, do they get the roster spot? Because we've seen it in the past not go that way for some of our prospects. So I I. I think we all love Bobby Ryan. We know the hardships he's gone through. So there's nothing against Bobby Ryan, but I don't, I don't know why we would make sure that, that we definitely keep Bobby. So I, I would just say to everybody, I think we can all be happy in seeing Bobby have the success. I think he absolutely uh, is going to land himself somewhere because who doesn't want all that energy for a low price. But um, yeah, I think, I think it, it's, it's just one of those things where it's tough to fill and uh, or, or find a spot for Bobby and have that aligned with what Steve Eiserman said. I'll I'll eat crow, but I don't I don't know if I need you know. I'm just trying to say here's the stuff we know. <laughs> we know Bobby's age. We know what Steve Eiserman said. We know what Blashill said. So where where does Bobby Ryan fit? That's kind of where my head's at right now. So I think he's gonna play his nuts off, and I think it's because he knows uh, he he may have to be looking for another spot to play. Now could always play the game here. 
Sign Bobby Ryan, plays his nuts off all year. Boom, got a nice uh, piece of trade bait for everybody. Uh, come come the trade deadline, of, of course, exactly what I thought we would be doing last year before the injury. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's right now the the ball appears to be in, in Bobby's court. So I, I think that's where all the, the happiness is going to be coming from for, uh, for this conversation with Bobby Ryan is that uh, he continues to play like this. There's literally no shot that he won't have a job once the NHL season starts rolling. All right. So I, I think I just rattled off and missed six minutes of comments. So uh, <laughs> let me skip through these a little bit here. Um Tristan, just to throw in uh, Ryan, uh, Bobby Ryan comment, uh, he does throw out there, just uh, gets gassed pretty easily. I, I just think the selection for Bobby Ryan for where he's positioning himself has been fantastic. I think where his eyes are going, I think his awareness on the ice was fantastic, especially um, there, was, uh, there was one play Ryan uh, was throwing it down to uh, Mitchell Stevens at the corner of the net, and it just barely didn't get to Stevens' stick. I think it's just one of those things that he's, He's not only aware of where everybody is on the ice. I think he's fully aware of, of who Bobby Ryan is. And I think he's he's using that to his advantage. And he can put himself in the spot where he doesn't absolutely need to be the fastest guy on the ice. And he, he you know, maybe that means shorter shifts and that hurts us. But um, you know, I again I, I think I think Bobby's at this point in uh, you know, experience wise that he knows how to use he knows how to use Bobby Ryan to to his advantage. Um yeah, Michael Scripp, um, game was was uh, televised, uh, at least part of it was on uh, the NHL network. Um, yeah, I, I, that's something to talk about, too. What a what a bummer that was, because you're just trying to find a stream that would work, and then you're 10 minutes behind everybody else tweeting. And I, at, some, at one point after watching the stream and seeing people post highlights uh, that I wasn't going to see actually happen on my stream for another five or 10 minutes, I just said, fuck it. <laughs> I'll go watch the rest of this later. Um, uh, Soap Dish 999. Uh, Soap Dish, we had our conversation on Facebook. Uh, see you, man. Uh, Pickard played well is great for us. Having stability in net in Grand Rapids is huge for the young guys to develop in front of. That is a fantastic point. You know, it's funny. We, we talked about that, uh, my brother and I. Um, uh, that was about a year and a half ago trying to prep. Um, for the Red Wings season and trying to find, you know, how, how do you find goaltending stability? And that, that's when there were so many questions about Bernier and Grice at the time. Um, but yeah, at, at, like for Grand Rapids, that's, that's going to be huge. If, you know, if this all continues, I think absolutely we can look at this game and say uh, we could feel a, a heck of a lot better than, uh, than what we saw from, from Pickard and, uh, and what was going on in, in the, uh, sorry, the red and white game. Jesus can't think of the name of the, Easiest game that they have titled during the whole training camp. All right. Um, Tristan coming back. Uh, Jan played above and beyond all my expectations. Uh, I believe he gets some good time in Grand Rapids. Yeah. How about him coming back on, on defense? And for anybody that was uh, that was actually around watching the Pistons win an NBA championship, I, I likened his play to come back and um, – uh, prevent prevent a scoring chance, uh, prevent the puck going stick to stick. Look like Tayshawn Prince back in uh, 2004 stopping Reggie Miller. I, uh, I I do apologize for anybody that uh, was rolling their eyes at the basketball reference. Uh, if Mike was here right now, he'd be pretty excited. But uh, that that was a hell of a play. That's one of those plays where, um, you know, you, you can liken – these preseason games to the same thing. You know, like if you're, if you're going into a job interview, right, you've got to do something that's memorable because even if you have a great interview, even if you play a great game of hockey, I think, I think you still have to have those moments where they, they can recall them as I'm doing now to make sure that it, it's, it's, it's not about, it's not about them having notes on you where they can make a full assessment it's about when those conversations happen, when there's big groups of people. And this is more or less where I would compare it to, um, you know, trying to land a job and you do something that uh, stands out in your interview. Uh, there's going to be powwows with a lot of people and you want somebody to bring up your name. And that's the kind of play that gets your name brought up in those discussions. And I think that's great for, for whatever his opportunity is going to be going forward. Um, and then certainly, I think it bodes well for whatever's going to happen for him in, uh, in Grand Rapids. Um, 
just taking a quick look at the comments before I jump back into some of the notes I took here. Um, I think Tristan, you're you're commenting on on where I was. Uh, I'm impartial on on Bobby here. Let's pull this up. He's great offensively, but there were a few times tonight he looked completely gassed, and I didn't uh, and uh, didn't skate after loose pucks. I guess I guess for me that's something that uh, I I when I was watching Bobby, I saw a guy that was skating hard. Um, could just be I, I'm not playing the right game, and uh, you know play play the whole take your take your eye off the puck. But if that was the case and Bobby truly was gassed uh, at certain points, and this is a cat who still put in um, a pretty productive night uh, scoring wise, I, I'd still look at that and say, wow, can that fit on my bottom six? And can I finagle his ice time to make this work? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the main landing point, right? Bobby Ryan has a great night. It's not, we're not sitting here going great. Now we can fill out that first line. Who needs Jakob Verana? We're just talking about uh, Bobby Ryan landing his next job. And I think certainly there was nothing he did tonight, in my opinion, that would have the rest of the NHL going, yeah, no, I don't, don't keep that $800,000 contract away from my books. I need, I need something else over here. I, I that, that's where I'll land on Bobby. Is, is he certainly did enough to continue the conversation of will he land his next job? Uh, Michael Script, thank you. All right, I don't feel too old. Somebody else, that was an epic block by Tayshon. Uh, certainly, uh, one of my, I don't know, probably one of the. Can I say it? Can I? Can I be hyperbolic here? One of the greatest moments in Detroit sports history. I think, especially captured in a single photo. Uh, of just seeing Tayshawn fingertips on the ball for Reggie Miller. Um, oh, yeah, Soap Dish. There we go. Any Detroit sports fan would appreciate that Tayshawn block. Thank you. All right. I feel I feel better now. All right. So who else did uh, did we not talk about here? Um, I, th- I think I'm going to feel a little bad about this, but uh, shoot, we got we got to talk about uh, we got to talk about Alex Cotton here. Um, I. I have I have a couple of things going and th- this is going to be um man I I this is not going to be fun for for Alex if uh if he if he sees this uh only because I mean he he really did put himself out of position too many times uh and I, I gosh this is this is going to take me a second here to pull up but uh, for anybody who's not watching on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast later, uh, basically what we're going to be going over, and this is why I encourage you to come on over to uh, YouTube channel, uh, just a couple photos that just illustrate, I guess, uh, is, is a good way to put it, even though this, uh, I guess, an illustration would uh, suggest a drawing. Um, we're going to talk about how Alex Cotton was getting himself out of position and just looked really bad in, in the first couple of periods, I, I would say. And then uh, I, I he did redeem himself, so I'll, I'll throw that out there. But um, let me see if I have these organized properly. And apologize here. Um, oh boy, this is gonna get this is gonna get ugly. All right, so we've got uh, we've got the Kubalik goal here. Um, the main problem uh, I think starts here, where where Cotton, as you can see, uh, kind of in the middle of your screen. If you're watching on YouTube again, he's he's already put himself out of position. So this this is where we're we're still a couple of beats away uh, from this shot even getting on net. But uh, once once the puck does get over to Kubelik, like think about where Cotton was a second ago and how much space Kubelik has now. And and this is something uh, for us. Like I, I think now we know like how far away Cotton really is from from getting a, a spot. And it's not you know I, again I'll, I'll say he did pretty well in the third period on the power play. I was pretty impressed with how well he was moving the puck and just moving his legs and skates. But um, defensively, n- nothing nothing I was too impressed by. Uh, now this is this is the Hagel goal. Um, pretty much what we're looking at here. This first shot. You could see in the back left here how far out of position uh, Cotton is. He he is, I I would say, um, yeah, he's he's definitely the furthest Red Wing from the puck. And as a defenseman, that's something you want to see. But it all started back here where he got himself out of out of position. And I I I'll ask this to uh, to all you guys that are watching. Um, 
I, I now am I like concerned about him as a prospect? Uh, no, I I think he's got to get more time playing against competition like this. But I I was talking about uh, talking with my buddy uh, Jesse, who does some he uh, used to do some of the blogs for Red Wings Rant when we were doing that more often, and uh, we were texting back and forth, and he mentioned he he did like seeing the aggressive defensive strategy and. I guess this is where you you have to make that choice uh, because he was talking about pucks being loose and always having a couple of Red Wings on top of the puck. And I think this is where it backfired and where our defensemen are making the wrong choices. But I think it's a clear change in the strategy is that they are trying to get a couple of guys on top of the puck at all times to try and win some of those loose battles. And I think this is just where it backfired. So this is more or less cotton learning, all right, this is not when I want to make those choices or decisions because those those plays do follow along with what we tried to do the rest of the game and what ended up being successful in a victory for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, little ditty there that I had to give the nod to Jesse there because he was the one that was uh, was bringing it up to me. And then when I was looking back at those photos of um, Cotton being out of position, I was thinking, holy shit, that's just going in the same direction it just failed we we just chose the wrong moment to uh double the puck carrier or go after the puck um and i i you you fault you fault the player for not making the right choice on when to do it but i'm not sure that i'm quite there to fault the strategy because i mean we're here talking about a win so uh, just another little ditty to to kind of think about it as we roll along here um i see some Hirose mentions uh soap dish Hirose is another guy uh key to developing young guys in grand rapids he knows how to play uh with skilled players he can help a guy like raymond a ton too um silver 33 44 rose will be a player that gets lost in uh transition uh, for the team rebuild he's already 25 so chances are he won't realistically uh, see much of him in detroit um, I, I, for both of those comments, I completely agree. And, in the uh, last couple of episodes actually was, was touching on Hirose and, um, it does feel like, uh, time has passed. And at this point, yeah, I mean, he might be fighting to lock up uh, a spot in Grand Rapids and his deal with himself now is what can I do to help this organization develop players going forward? Because, um, you know, I he he's a cat that would have had to really stand out on special teams because that that's that's a spot for any of these guys that would be sniffing for like a bottom six uh, role. They've got to stand out either on the penalty kill or on the power play. And I I don't just mean are they competent enough to be on the ice. I mean they've they've got to stand out in the preseason. And um, you know, Hirose's got to go above and beyond because we've already tried it a couple of seasons. So I, I would say that's that's more of like the philosophical side of things instead of just looking at the player and his skill ability. Because we, we've we seen the skill work himself into position. We've seen the skill work out to uh, to put Hirose, you know, in last season when we were measuring his statistics, he, he was still in um, in the top half of the team for, uh, for expected goals. But, uh, you know, eventually it just completely fell off. And, um, you know, we're not sure if that was just confidence dropping, but he, he started off hot. And when the finish isn't there, uh, when you're talking about getting those scoring chances and the finish isn't there, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on in the in the players' heads. But, uh, again, I, I think we saw him drop down. Uh, he was one of the worst players by the end of the season in, uh, in expected goals for percentage, which, of course, is measuring the expected goals for and expected goals against and, and giving us a percentage. Anything above 50 would mean he's doing more for, uh, less against. But, of course, if he's in the bottom of uh, the franchise's statistical listings, uh, he's not doing great. So, um that, that's where I'm going to land on Hirose because uh, we also talked about him in the last uh, live episode. And uh, I, I, again, there's a lot he would have to do right now to kind of prove, I think, to this team that he deserves another shot because when I'm putting together my roster, it's it's tough, man. Um, I, I really wanted to see Chase Pearson get a shot at uh, the fourth line, but holy fuck did Mitchell Stevens play Sunsoft today. 
Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four of DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, and I can't believe I, we haven't even talked about him yet, but um, Tristan, you were saying in, in the last episode, uh, the last time we recorded live, how fast he, he looks, but man, just... You know, this goal for for Mitchell, I I don't know if I want to put you guys through more torture here of me trying to pull up a fucking photo. Um, (laughs) I guess I could try it. Uh, But what we saw, what we saw from Mitchell was, um, I don't know, it was just more of what we saw in the red and white game. And I I, I don't know if that's, uh, we tried to temper our excitement, right? Um, With the red and white game, because it, it is, it is what it is. We're, we're, we're just talking about, you know, an exhibition game. We're still talking about an exhibition game. But, I mean, if Mitchell Stevens is not necessarily going to make a routine of scoring goals, because I, I know how ridiculous that sounds, but if he's going to make a routine of putting himself in these positions, uh, making himself open and uh, creating these opportunities, and then, goddamn, um, is, is, can we... Can we say at least through two games, can we make the joke that this is like the helm upgrade of the guy who gets these breakaway opportunities and the finish is there? I'm, I'm sorry. I know I know helm has his moments. I know we have our conference championship moments. But, you know, let's let's have fun, right? Stevens finishes these goals. And that's the kind of thing that we've been missing out on. Um, but, yeah, this this was something for me. I, I uh, it, of course, we loved uh, the shootout goal from Bobby Ryan, but I don't know, this this was my favorite play of the game. Um, hi, hi, Marks uh, to Stevens, and um, man, I, I I think I think what for most of the game it was uh, we're talking about Hirose, Bobby Ryan, and Stevens, and we've already mentioned a couple of times that Stevens and, and Bobby Ryan were like this close to netting another one, and uh, again, I, I'm going to say that's all about. Uh, the veteran side of things and, and the communication and, and the awareness that Bobby had, but Stevens, it, we're, we're going to talk about a guy that knows how to play is Mitchell Stevens. That, that That's this guy, right? The guy, guy who plays to his own strengths. Um, and this, this is a guy who, who did it and it just seemed to work out for him tonight. And it just seemed to work out for him in the red and white game. How many more times are we going to say it just seems to be working out for Mitchell Stevens before we just go, all right, lock him up. Third or fourth line. I don't give a shit. Just make sure he's on the ice. We'll be at that point soon enough, right? <laughs> All right. Um, Tristan's right there. Stevens is is now one of my favorite wings. Grew up in my home, away from home. Peterborough. Oh boy. All right. Yep. Tristan, hook, line, and sinker. We're we're gonna be seeing uh, the Mitchell Stevens jersey on Tristan uh, any day now. <laughs> Uh, let me back up here because I think there's a Jan conversation. I would argue Jan was noticeable too. Seems like Stevie is building off his previous picks. I uh, didn't get their due chance in Tampa, and yeah, got to throw out there. Uh, Tristan did say that earlier, so I, I'll I'll help you out there, Tristan. But yeah, t- uh, basically, uh, silver thirty three forty four was where I was going with um with the Tayshawn Prince conversation. Was Jan making that that amazing stretch uh, to block the pass, and that's where. You know, you you can have a good game 
And like I said, you know, you, you measure that, uh, you, you have a complete analysis of these guys by the end of the preseason to figure out where they're going to land. Um, for, you know, like for the sake of Jan, you know, what is he going to be doing for Grand Rapids? Um, but that's, you make those plays, I think, to stand out. So when those guys are mucking it up, and when I say those guys, I mean front office boys, uh, when they're talking as a group, you, you've got to have something you've done in these games to make sure your name does come up in a positive way. And I think that's the kind of thing that uh, is going to ensure Jan stays on everybody's mind, especially you know, this is the first preseason game. What's he going to do in the next one to make sure he's still standing out? And I, I think that's huge. And the game I will never stop playing. And for anybody who listens to every episode, you're rolling your eyes right now. But you always got to think, you know, for anybody that could overblow one play or one situation, just think on the opposite side of things, how that feels to go the other way or what we're thinking for the guy who can't keep up, what we're thinking for the guy. Um, I mean, for for Alex Cotton, geez, for Shine. Shine, I think, is uh, was his his stats look awful. Um, I think I think Shine's going to go down as as the worst performance today um, at, through advanced analytics. Uh, he he had a couple of moments where I I noticed he was out there, but most of the time I, I would say it wasn't uh, wasn't my cup of tea. And uh, let me pull this up here. This is uh, me rolling through evolving hockey as I'm speaking. So just. <laughs> forgive me here um brought up the expected goals for percentage earlier in the show hate seeing this uh worst on the team Kirill. second worst dominic shine so so there you go i mean um you just kind of roll through giovanni smith carter rowney uh the only thing is too uh jan had that great play he's also at the bottom of this list too so this this means that they did get severely outchanced um, with how low the expected goals for percentage is. Uh, so that's, that's, that's not anything that's boding well for these guys and what's next for them. But, um, you know, it, it all, this is something too, where I'm looking at these numbers now and it all depends on when they actually hit the ice, who are they playing against? And that is figured into the expected goals uh, for percentage, you know, like the quality, but um I, you, you know, we could still be looking at too many instances where things are starting uh, against them. I, I, I guess if I want to put it as them starting in the defensive zone, of course, you're going to have more ch- chances against you. Something I haven't looked at yet, but just bare bones, taking a look at those numbers. Um, not anything, not anything I'm going to be too excited about, but like I mentioned you have those front office conversations. What's going to be mentioned first expected goals for percentage or, my man laying out, you know, tell me on the ice, knocking the puck away. We all know the answer, right? Um, let me, let me just take a quick peek here. Soap dish going in on shine. Good grinder for Grand Rapids. Uh, but he was in above his head. Look at that. Soap dish, you and I. All right. We're, we're sinking up here. Uh, do we already talk about the Sabrango save? No, uh, we did not. Um, I, I put Sobrango on my, he, he was actually out of the 10 guys, he was my number 10. So keep in mind, it, it there's probably only two of these guys uh, for this list uh, that would actually make the team. But I said the Red Wings prospects who I think could actually through a bunch of injuries, you know, what have you, at some point get at least one game this season. Sobrango was on my list only because the coaches always speak so highly of his maturity. So he sees himself as like this hybrid of, uh, and I love the way he put it, but from, from a skill perspective, he sees himself more of the modern hockey player, but from a grit perspective, he sees himself as like an old time hockey player. And I mean, these are Sobrango's words, right? So when you hear that, if anybody else said that about him, you'd be like, holy fuck, this guy's like the best hockey player ever. Um, he's, he's like Probert and, uh, McDavid. Uh, but anyway, I guess, yeah, that doesn't make sense because we're talking about a defenseman, but you you know what I'm, uh, I'm doing, but, um, Sobrango for me is somebody I'm excited about because the coaches are always talking about his maturity, that he goes out of his way to go figure out what did I do wrong? So I think for Sobrango to have a pretty good start to all of this, 
it's only going to get better because I, I think he's going to be the first guy to go up to Blashill and try and figure out like, what are the next moves here? And uh, by the sound of it and, and the way that he comes at these with uh, probably a level of maturity that I've never come to with any of my former jobs, uh, I stand in front of you today with a webcam and on YouTube. So clearly it hasn't worked out my attitude. But for Sabrango, it'll work out. <laughs> I think he's he could have those opportunities to, uh, you know, when when those coaches are looking for somebody to to fill in for a game, I I think mostly they want to make sure guys aren't just going to go up to the NHL and get absolutely lunched. But I think there's also a level of you know who's who's the guy that's earned this based on you know let's jump out of hockey for a second and i know this kind of sounds like uh, we're giving trophies to everybody kind of mentality but if sobrango has a level of skill that's noticeable and he's every coach's favorite player come on i mean at some point right if it's not this year it's next year and let's not forget that all he's speaks with Steve Eiserman in the front office and he's the first rookie to sign in the last draft class, whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. Um, I, I I'm a fan. I, I, uh, let me jump in here. Cause, uh, silver, you got the conversation started. Um, Tristan, I think Sabrango made smart decisions. Uh, when not to jump in on the play, uh, played solid. And let's not forget Sabrango is cleaning up a lot of Alex Cotton's messes. Um, I, I, don't want to rag on Cotton too long, but I, I really do think this was a game where I don't I don't know if we're going to see Cotton again because those first two periods were so bad, to be completely honest. Um, it's preseason. This is what you do. You want to see if they can improve game to game. But that was that was a really bad game. But Sabrango, if anything, I'd like to see him play with somebody else, which would be the reason why I, I would – I God, like if he's if, – if he looked – let's mm, say fine um and he was still cleaning up the cotton messes you know what what could happen if if his playing partner stepped up a level and and stepped up to just being at sabrango level kind of thing like what does that look like so that's that's where i just can't stop being uh i guess excited for sabrango i i don't want to use I'm impressed by his maturity. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think he earned, you know, main roster spot. I I don't think he earned uh, anything tonight. I think all he did was was just make me feel more confident, I guess, in my pick at at him being in my top 10 prospects this year that could possibly get one game in Detroit. (laughs) That's where my confidence level is at. Um, So, yeah, I guess guess that's where we can land with Sabrango. Soap dish 999. Sabrango could, uh, I'm going to say, be that guy who no one knew would be uh, as good as he becomes. Good in Grand Rapids at 19. Again, yeah, uh, everything we heard about him from his coaches uh, last season. Just couldn't have been more impressed by his maturity, especially at at that young age. And again, I think that's that's how that that cat gets the first contract out of the draft class. you need some draft picks to outperform the draft stock you spent on them. Uh, he could be one. Yeah, I, I think I, a lot of questions I think are going to be left unanswered by the end of this season because I, I, you bring up that point and, and you start to try and find like, well, who's our second rounder that's going to look like a first rounder? And we've got Berger and waiting. Um, I don't know if even if he gets an extended playing time, if we're going to get any of those answers, but I, I, I love – I love that we can at least look at Sabrango after this game and kind of say, okay, here we go. What, what was he? Fifth, sixth round. Um, that, that would be a huge jump. Uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of things make us feel good. A lot of things getting me excited for the next preseason game. Um, I think uh, if I go back to my list here, I think I at least mentioned everything I wanted to mention here. Oh, the power play. Hey guys, we, we, Cross the fucking, uh, <laughs> cross the fucking neutral zone <laughs> and made it into the offensive zone for a fucking power play. Um, all right. Now I joked on Twitter. I said, uh, if you guys want to follow us, it's at BOD hockey. Uh, I joked on Twitter that, uh, you know, Alex Tungay looked over at Jeff with our, our, our power play that we got at the end of the third period there. Well, while it was five to one power plays in favor of Chicago, how about real quick? 
that game was fucked uh, by the officiating. Um, and I, I can't believe we won because that, that was clearly one of those, like the officiating to me looked like, well, let's give the Chicago fans something to be excited about because it's the first preseason game who gives a shit and they can go home happy. That's what that looked like to me, to be completely honest. I'm, I will be a conspiracy theorist. I'm very little, but when it comes to the Detroit Red Wings and things going against them, hundred percent of the time I'm on board for conspiracy theories. Um, any who's else power play looked competent. We didn't put anything in. So, uh, I guess you can make an argument, you know, maybe that empty net goal at the end of the game was, um, I guess using those, um, principles, but anyways, power play looked competent. I, I can't get too excited about not putting one in the back of the net, but, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. That was just a straight up empty net goal. My, I, I wasn't missing anything there, but uh, yeah. So look, this will sound really dumb on the podcast if it was power play and an empty net goal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the movement of the puck. Um, I thought we had good chances for guys who are not, I mean, like how excited are we to see Lucas Raymond on the power play, but we're talking about a couple of power play units that didn't have Lucas Raymond, didn't have Dylan Larkin, didn't have Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, I mean, we did get to see Adam Ernie, but I think we're all still, you know, we're, we're all still excited about Pew Suter. We're all still uh, happy to see Fabry on the power play. He's been one of our standouts the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, all, all those names mixed together. We didn't see a single one, and I thought the power play looked pretty good. So what do we do? We take a step back. We go, wow, how did this look good? How are we making it through the neutral zone into the offensive zone? These are successful transitions on the power play. We're not just dumping chasing. All right, we made a huge change. Alex Tungay's in. He's making some decisions now for the power play. Well, actually, every decision. So let's let's say this. It looked good today. I'm going to stick with competent. I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to say amazing. We look competent. We look like a normal power play across the NHL. An average power play. How about that? So let's see if this continues. Let's mix in some of the guys and uh, you know who've who've been our our main power play been a part of our main power play units the last couple of years um you know maybe we find out they're not actually who we thought they were do the opposite of dennis green here from uh minnesota viking days and you know let's let's just right now be happy that it didn't look like complete dog shit right um i think that is the improvement let's not have it struggle to enter the zone which uh, if you guys go back to my five questions uh entering the pre first preseason game it's our last video i highly encourage you guys to check that out um one of them was will our power play not look like dog shit i at least through one game it didn't look like complete dog shit shots on net transitioned it was fine. And and that, uh, if I could, since I've taken a dump, speaking of shit, since I've taken a dump on Alex Scott in this entire recording, um, go back and watch that. That was probably my favorite, I don't know, one minute of Alex Cotton in, in the entire game. Um, could highlight maybe where his skills are. Could highlight that he knew he had such a bad couple of periods that he needed to step his game up, uh, which is still a good thing. That's a positive that he... he charged himself up and was ready to go. But watch him move the puck around uh, on the point, get some uh, opportunities set up, and fired away himself. Uh, Cotton was was aggressive on the power play there, and I, I, I liked it. I thought it looked really good. And two ways to be excited about that. Again, uh, the power play was set up to find a couple of extra opportunities led by Cotton. Uh, the other reason to be excited, Cotton played like shit, and... I, he didn't redeem himself, but he played a little bit better. So high marks there on the power play. Um, all right. So we do have Tristan. Uh, the officials were actually absolute dog shit. Uh, don't pull your punches. All right. Yeah, that, that, was, that was shit. Um, the, oh, and, and before I say it, I'll give the credit to Silver. Uh, last two calls warranted stupid interference on at Whistle. All in refs were so bad. Um Zadina and Verona power play will be much, uh, yeah, it's, it's the upgrade to have Zadina and Verona. Yeah. And thanks, Tristan. How about <laughs> the, probably the two most exciting names for the power play are the two that I didn't even throw out there. Uh, hopefully we'll find something out about Verona. Jesus. That was my honorable mention for the last video. 
Um, I, I, I guess it probably warranted some explanation, but uh, so top five questions would be answered in the preseason. I figured I'd play that game if Verano was there, but uh, clearly it had to be an honorable mention because that's going to affect a lot. That could affect the whole Bobby Ryan situation. Do we want to just have, you know, if, if we didn't have a prospect slotted into the roster and now Verano's gone and we need to kind of move everybody up on the wing, does Bobby Ryan come in at that point? kind of conversation um soap dish i think we have the talent to score on the power play already um see the setup with some consistency our entries and setup have been garbage for uh three to four years now uh for perspective on tonight's power play as well maybe three of the guys were dressed tonight uh will even be on our power play right and that's that's a, a, a fantastic point like if we can look competent and i think again i'll um really push this point from a strategic perspective. This is where we want to see what this looks like. Once we have, we've got the real, real boys rolling, right? Um, Does everything kind of fall apart? Was this because of Chicago's penalty kill? Maybe being complete dog shit. We'll find out, but at least we can go through one game and say, all right, we had a plan. It wasn't dump and chase. We hold on to the puck. We got some shots on that. They didn't go through. Nobody's power play is 100%. But again, I think uh, main point here don't look like dog shit. Uh, Tristan, I think Cotton can be sneaky good with some development. His offensive upside seems quite high and his skating is quite good. Absolutely. I, anybody who, uh, who who missed any of this, um, go back, watch that uh, that power play with, with Alex Cotton. And if you watch only that, you'll be like, what the fuck was Matt talking about? Cotton was amazing. <laughs> I, I really do think he 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 looked like he was in his element on the power play. And I think again to Tristan's point, that's that's where that's where the upside is, right? That's uh, offensively. At least that's what we saw tonight. Um Tristan, I'm right here with you on this one. And this will be uh I think we're gonna have to wrap up here because I'm probably uh this is Right now, for anybody listening to the podcast, uh, so this is uh, this would be you tomorrow. Um, it's midnight right now. I've got uh, I've got my kids that are actually sleeping like like the good little angels they're supposed to be, and I'm gonna wake them up if I keep going. Uh, but Tristan, you you get the last point here. Is it bad I didn't even notice Rowney playing tonight? <laughs> um, well, here's here's uh, I guess I I pulled this up. Uh, Carter was also at the bottom when I was looking at the expected goals for percentages. And again, you can't only look at these numbers. This is just me. I started recording right after the, the shootout goal from Bobby Ryan. So take all of this with the tiniest little grain of salt. I think that works out for the saying if I put it that way. But um, this is just the quickest way that I can go. Yeah, I didn't really notice Carter either. And his performance suggests that he never even had the puck <laughs> based on uh, a uh, 28.06 expected goals for percentage, according to uh, Evolving Hockey. So again, that that number is incredibly low. I mean, when, when you get through an entire NHL season, guys are pretty much going to be at 50%, plus or minus like 10%. And for it to be down at 28% really is, uh, I, I mean, it, it tells the whole story of why we didn't notice him. And it's because every time he was on the ice, he was giving up more opportunities to his opponent. Um I'm not going to look too deep into that. Uh, I think I saw a lot of people had him slotted in as um, making the fourth line. I, I wouldn't say after this performance that's right or wrong, but it definitely doesn't get me excited for um, that prospect, I guess. Uh, so, again, we'll just keep watching. I think I think that's the difference for me. Like with Cotton, I, I don't see him anywhere near – the roster and um like i said i mean uh, that's that's a default on uh, cat friendly is is throwing uh throwing Rowney in there so uh and then uh, i think uh maybe i don't want to put any words in max boltman's articles <laughs> but i think he might have slotted them in there um a couple of the other independent bloggers um but yeah it just just goes to show like the i maybe the different mentality you should have for these guys of who could sneak into the roster and uh you know a bad performance statistically what does that mean for the rest of the preseason games and a guy um like cotton who just looked like he was over his head but maybe should be put it that way everybody can't be both cider all right um 
Here we go. Uh, oh, what am I missing here? No, uh, oh, this is uh, Soap Dish's response. Sorry, this sounds terrible on the podcast. Uh, this is <laughs> so stupid of me just reading through these comments. Um, all right, uh, here we go. He's 37. Uh, turn the puck over once. He was like, who's that bum wearing Svetch's number? Oh, I thought you were saying he was age 37. All right. All right. I, I got to wrap up because clearly I'm not reading these right anymore. Guys, thanks for watching. Let's <laughs> sail off into the sunset. Um, I do have to mention two quick things uh, if, uh, if you guys will bear with me here. Uh, one is that we're still doing our uh, giveaway. So if you guys are interested, head on over to at BOD Hockey. This is our pinned tweet. Uh, we have two tickets to give away Red Wings versus the Calgary Flames. Um, so you have to go to BOD Hockey at BOD Hockey, which is our Red Wings rant uh, Twitter account. Like and retweet our pinned post, follow us, and then tag who you're taking so that you'll be entered to win two tickets. And then, uh, as we've always mentioned, we will have two different ways uh, that you can get bonus entries. One is getting yourself involved in the comments. So anybody that was here and has also uh, played the game of the tweet. You will, um, you'll have a new entry. Also, subscriptions. This is, it gets you one entry. The other entry would be going over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review, and make sure we can figure out who you are on the uh, Apple Podcast review, uh, so that we can associate your name on our Excel spreadsheet. So again, you have another entry. And uh, I did get uh, conf uh, the confirmation from Max Boltman. He'll be on next week's episode. That'll be uh, going. Uh, live on October 6th, or I'm sorry, it'll the podcast will be available on October 6th, October 7th, Jesus. And then uh, Max and I uh, will be recording on, uh, well, it doesn't matter when we're recording, but you guys will be able to watch it on uh, the live feed going on uh, October 6th. So that'll be YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitch. That's where you can watch that. So it'll be a live uh, outgoing video, but it'll already be previously recorded, but I'll be there to intro. It, it's complicated, but yeah, Max Boltman next week, and that'll be the episode that we announce uh, the winners. So yeah, you guys want to come back next week. Uh, fun conversation with Max, I'm assuming. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but um, I, like, I like my boys at The Athletic, and then um, yeah, let's stick around to see who wins uh, who wins a couple of tickets. So uh Quick shout out, Tristan, Soapdish, Silver. Thank you guys for coming along. This was fun. Uh, we need to do more of these post games because uh, they are an absolute blast. And I got to go back to, oh my God, I got to change my overlay here. There I am. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, remember, we're sponsored by uh, DraftKings. Use promo code THPN. Get yourself uh, some extras once you do finally log in to DraftKings and get your account set up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's that's that. Go wings. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh check out uh check out top five questions would be the uh the other video. The top video on our on our channel right now. Uh top five questions we want answered this uh, preseason. And uh if you could right now, if you're watching this, just hit that subscribe button for the channel, you won't miss a thing. You have some fun, you can chat along uh with Tristan, everybody that's coming along for the ride. Uh really appreciate it. And more giveaways to come as well, especially I've got to do one for just the YouTube uh, visitors here because uh, I kind of feel left out for anybody that doesn't have a Twitter account. <laughs> um, uh, that'll, that'll be coming up right after we do that. So you want to subscribe so you don't miss that. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.